0: I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, the CMP turns 17. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 487, Another Candle. Here we are in June, just before June 6, as I start my notes. Everything has creeped up on me this year, more so than ever before. But I don't want to let this week go by without some little flag in the sand. This week marks the CMP turning 17. 17. All right, it's not 20. I know, but it's still another year. Another year, another candle. I think these are things to acknowledge. 17. There were some gaps in there, but... I posted the first episode of the Creative Mom podcast on June 4th, 2006. I had two young sons. I was building creative habits as an adult and nurturing and celebrating creativity in my children. Sort of in parallel, those things were happening. And that's what the show was about, both recognizing and acknowledging the creativity in our children and... Doing the same thing for ourselves and building our own creative habits and creative responses and exploring our own creative side. They grew up. I grew up. The show grew up. I changed the name in there when the mom element just really wasn't what the show was about anymore. I considered a different name. Some of you might remember I considered something totally different. I was trying to keep the CMP of it, and I considered something that made a lot of people laugh and made some people cringe, and it was still a CMP. It's funny to think back on all of it now, but I've been the Creativity Matters podcast for a really long time now. Before that, the creative mom. 17 years, all in all. I sort of miss the me I was back then but I think I'm a better artist now and also a calmer, more mindful person now. Maybe wiser. I'd like to think that at least. I've also learned a lot about gratitude. Many of you witnessed that process. I've learned to be more giving in how I respond to others. I've learned to at least try to assume Positive intent, try to always keep that in mind. I've learned that it's okay to not do all the things, that it's okay to not constantly be switching to other projects. It's okay for those who do, but it's okay for me to settle into something, to have a ride or die project, to care most about certain kinds of art for myself, even as I admire and a support and applaud and am inspired by the art of others. I've learned that all I can do is tell my story. These little vignettes of ordinary life, of time in the margins, of being creative in the margins, of working full-time with full-time obligations and... Still being determined every day to make art because it matters to me and I think it makes me a better person, and a more well-rounded person, a more satisfied person. Art does all of that and it has done all of that for me as I have evolved throughout the years in my own process, my own understanding of what I do and why and how it has helped me and how it continues to help me, and why it matters to me. All I can do is tell my story, these little stories, these little vignettes, ordinary life, tell those stories and map and track how those are related to making art, to building and reinforcing a creative habit, and to valuing the mindfulness and balance creative habits can bring. I couldn't have predicted back in 2006 how life would change for us. I've learned a lot. I've done things I didn't think I would ever do. Some of you have grown up right alongside me. We've seen kids grow up and go away to school. Some of them have now graduated from college. Some of them continued to have creative pursuits of their own. And some of them we know, we hope, we feel sure will return to art because it's a part of them. We've dealt with health issues, our own or our loved ones. Some of us have said painful goodbyes or made difficult choices but we keep showing up online. We keep sending out smoke signals or tapping our Morse code messages with our art. I'm still here. I'm still here. Making art matters to me. Let's make art together. Love what you do. Some of us used to make and trade ATCs, artist trading cards, And then we did ICAD together. Some of us exchanged postcards. Many of us do Inktober, and some of you now do Inktober portraits with me in October. Some of us did a list challenge a long time ago. Many of us have shared end-of-year planning and sketchnote selfies as part of the CMP community. Many of us have participated in the currently list on Thursdays. Many of us have shared throughout these years. We have formed a network and a mesh of shared interests. We care about each other. And some of us have gotten to know one another in ways that go beyond just a thumbs up. The Facebook group used to be a primary space for sharing related to the CMP. And that has changed. It really has. But we still meet for coffee once a week. A simple connection that always brings a smile. Some of us read together for a year in my attempt at a book club last year. Some of you have started doing Illustrate Your Week with me. Some of you bought pen pouches way, way, way back in the early years. Some of you even bought pillows. Some of you later bought postcards. Some of you sent me ink. Some of you have supported the show in various ways, and I am always grateful. Some of you might remember stories of going for tea of bougainvillea, of exploring ballpoint and copic and dip pen, of belabored decisions about colors of ink, of mapping time, of reading wonderful books like here, of being mesmerized by a pink sun before I knew what a pink sun means. There have been street signs and the wonderful Crossroads book, Time in the Car with Oliver Jeffers, Myra Kalman moments and Linda Barry, Peter Reynolds, sketchnoting, graphic novels, oh, so many of them, wandering the library, a whole year of that, the Dear Data Project, that was early on and so, so pivotal, daily art and bullet journals and planners and the WIP mentality, the work in progress mentality, the fact that it's okay not to finish something every. Single day. It's okay to do it that way, and it's okay to work on longer projects. Accountability and showing up and learning to be brave, even in silence. There have been watercolors and markers and photography, origami projects and cranes, lots of cranes and dogs, teapots and trees and cranes and trees, kaleidoscope moments spilltide moments, panning for gold moments, all kinds of analogies and metaphors and sayings and cliches throughout the years. Knitting and embroidery and quilting and projects that were successful and projects that got left off or just didn't work and so much more. If you've been here for all of it, thank you. If you stumbled through a tiny door somewhere along the way and found yourself here and stayed, thank you. If this is your first time ever hearing the CMP, welcome and thank you. The flag in the sand this week needs to be a rainbow flag. This isn't a white flag moment. This is not a surrender moment. This flag is a celebration. This is a celebratory moment. It is a moment of recognition and acknowledgement for me and from me of this continued process here on the podcast and all these years. This is a recognition for me of being brave, of standing up and showing up. This flag is a celebration. And the words echoing in my head are of a graphic novel panel, a series of three, that I did. And I wasn't sure if it was the first or the second June after the start of the show, but a quick search turned it up for me. It was June 2007, so just after the first birthday. And there was a real celebratory feel that first year. But that show, Rainbow Hair, was episode 53. And it was aligned with my birthday also in June. It was a moment reflecting on me as a writer and philosopher and evolving into an artist and doing a self-portrait and giving it rainbow hair. And it's still a piece that comes to mind every now and then. It was the origin of, I'm giving her rainbow hair, that moment. And I still love the sound of that little clip from my son. I'm giving him Rainbow I still hair. love the idea of rainbow hair. I still wish I had all the hair I had back then. But all in all, rainbow hair is pretty special. Where I live, rainbow hair is also pretty ordinary. A lot of things are ordinary here. My son came home the other day telling us about someone he had seen that day while he was out and about, who was completely naked except for some very deliberate glitter. So rainbow hair. As with most things, your mileage will vary. But on the show, rainbow hair has always been a layered idea, a symbolic idea. It stands for many things to me, but also invites the air of whimsy and magic and wonder and wonder and serendipity and all of those things that I like to talk about and value and treasure and look for and hope for and take comfort in. All of those things that have become important to me and have become characteristic at times of the stories I tell. I am a pretty serious person. And that's a pretty big understatement. I am a pretty serious person. And I'm also a fairly quiet person unless you really know me pretty serious. But somehow there is a thread of whimsy that runs as an undercurrent at times in my art and in my writing. Giving myself rainbow hair in that self-portrait that year, it meant something. It was an embracing of something that is important to who I was then, who I've become, who I am, to the stories that I tell about myself, to the stories that I hold on to about myself, to the stories that help define me and keep me moving forward and reaching and believing, important somehow to whatever bit of optimism keeps me going. I thought a lot of things 17 years ago. I didn't have the same art habit then that I do now. And I wonder if I would have developed this habit, would have gone on to discover my love of portraits, If I hadn't started the podcast, I just don't know. I started everything with my interest in drawing and painting my kids. But it was many, many years later, a decade, before I really dove into portraits. I had a knit blog for years before I ever started the podcast. It is funny how things change how we change, and how we continue to change. I've noticed this trend this year for people to be much more upfront about birthdays. And I really like it. I mean, I really like it. I don't know why it struck me so, but I have seen over and over again posts where someone flat out says, it's my birthday, or it was my birthday and I did this, or it is my birthday and I'm going to do this. I really like it. There's no obligation for everyone else to remember, to know, to feel bad if they miss it or if they didn't know. It's a concrete thing. It's a standing up and saying, it's a day I care about and I'm going to celebrate it. And yeah, you can tell me happy birthday. Go ahead. I think it's pretty awesome. As a birthday month, June has always been an introspective and reflective and philosophical month for me. I pretty much think everything I write now falls along those lines but through the years it was always really 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 prominent in june it was really an epicenter of that kind of thinking and bird walking and reminiscing and tracking of memory and all of it in the past it was also a month marked by self portraits always in june i did a self portrait project or focused on them in some way this year i am finishing my 4th full year of doing weekly self-portraits. It's amazing to me that that is the case. It's amazing to me to even say that. It doesn't feel like it's been four years since I embarked on the 50 before 50. I I have trouble wrapping my head around it, really. Probably if I looked back at all of the self-portraits that have taken place on pages between then and now, I would see the changes. Some of them have been profound, but that birthday is still a few weeks away. A few more portraits and time to think about it or not. Really, I just draw it every week and go on. And through the years now, some of them look like me and some don't. And mostly, I realized I don't really know what I look like because it's not really what I look like in my head. So... Again, the birthday's a few weeks away. The podcast comes first, a podcast birthday. How do I sum up what the podcast means to me? I'm not sure. What does it mean to you? Probably less than it did long ago. There are so many shows now. Really, there are, and I get that. There are so many people out there with time and money to do it really, really, really well. And there are so many super talented artists and writers who have excellent shows. So, if you're listening still, again, thank you. Just a few minutes of check-in today. First, iCAD is underway, and I wasn't sure this year. I haven't been good with follow-through this year, more so than ever. And it's sad. It's discouraging, I haven't been good with follow through other than my illustrated journal and now the writing for the Substack. Those things are really important and I am investing a lot of time. But iCAD has been a project I've done through the years. iCAD is a project that has been important for me and important for so many of you, for so many people overall. Some of my favorite series have been done on index card. Despite all the art that I've done, I know that to be true. I have other favorites, other series where I do art that I think is more in keeping really with me. But ICAD has generated a lot of different series that I feel really attached to. The podcast has always encouraged using index cards. And ICAD is a wonderful summer art challenge from Tammy at Daisy Yellow that is all about doing daily art on a really simple and humble substrate, an index card. It's all about that. It's not about figuring out ways to get around that. It's about simply using an index card. It's that simple. It can be that simple. And when you give in to that, follow it and see what happens, it can be really powerful. In thinking about whether or not I wanted to commit to it this year, I considered a few options. Because of Illustrate Your Week and the time I'm spending on other things, I didn't think I could pull off the kind of portrait series that I typically do and that I really, really want to do. And I had trouble letting go of that. I did. It was really hard. But when considering ideas, the first idea I had is one that really stuck. And that's what I'm doing. I am doing contours, a project very similar to the 2019 100-day project that I did, and I didn't finish the 100 days that year, but that was the project, and I didn't finish because ICAD started. The timing of 100 days used to be a little different, and I think I fell off with my contours right as ICAD kicked in. There is an old episode called Slices of Life that talks about that series, and I remember Sitting in the car at school pickup and snapping photos of people as they walked toward me or away from me. Some of my favorite drawings were from photos snapped as people walked down the sidewalk of a small neighborhood retail street, and another of a woman in a black polka dot dress walking in the mall. I snapped so many photos that year of people in series, little snippets of life and a loose line. I pulled up some of the images from that series over the weekend, and they are more simplified than I remember, even. Some of them use color, and I really enjoyed that. But the line itself is more simplified. I think it even looks different than what I've done so far this year, but I still find them charming. I especially loved doing them in series, several views all in one page that had a whole lot to do with the whole storytelling aspect of it for me. Each day, I did multiple contour drawings capturing people in motion. A couple of images a few seconds apart, a hip shifted, a foot raised, an arm moved, a different leg in front, the swish and swing of a skirt. While simple, I was enchanted with the whole process, with the drawings, with the way they came out, with how they looked juxtaposed and side by side, I really, really, really enjoyed that project. There was something alive in the outlines, in the sense of movement and motion between the images. So I put up a post on the Illustrated Life Substack talking about what I'm doing this year and showing a bunch, really a bunch, of pictures from that series if you're interested in seeing them. It really is a series I have a soft spot for. Continuous line drawings and contours can take a range of forms, and they look a little bit different for each of us. And that's the way it should be. Our voices should come through in our line, and I think mine does and I really enjoy this looser look at my line and the challenge of it. It's a bit of a puzzle each time and that's a good fit for me right now. It's a good fit and it plays off of the illustrated journal. It doesn't compete with it. It's sort of different and yet it's a nice back and forth. I hope if you started iCAD that you are excited about it. I've seen lots of people justifying their choices. And We don't have to justify our art decisions. If you decided not to do it, that is okay. It isn't always the right time. And I think it takes a lot to be able to admit to yourself that it might not be the right time. It's not easy to do that. There is a lot of pressure from every angle sometimes to jump in and do something that just isn't right for you right now. So if it's not for you this year, it's okay. You might decide to do it next year. If you decided to do it and just do something new each day, that's awesome. If you like prompts, great. If you decided to challenge yourself to use every single prompt, fantastic. If you prefer the weekly themes, cool. If you like to do both, awesome. If you have a whole bunch of things you want to include in every single card and it's a personal challenge that you're gamifying in some way, that's great. That's great. In years past, I always had a couple of different things I wanted to do in every card. Sometimes it might have been a word or a quote or something specific I added to the hair or how I integrated the number or how I integrated the prompt or all kinds of things. But I usually had a couple. Some people use lyrics. Some people use quotes. Some people always use a certain color or add a stamp or a fabric piece or this or that. That's great. It's great. If you, like me, can't fathom ICAT if it isn't a series, more power to you. I think many of us respond to series in much the same way, and ICAD is an excellent challenge for those of us who like to work in series form, whether you are using the prompts or whether you just have your own thing going on that you want to do for the 61 or whether you are combining your own thing with the prompts. We don't have to justify our art, our decisions, our approaches. We shouldn't have to apologize for them. I shouldn't have to spend energy explaining away why I'm doing something that seems super simple. I shouldn't hesitate to share work that might be super simple. I shouldn't feel like I have to explain and justify that even though it looks simple, it has depth. We shouldn't have to justify our art. Yet I know so many of us feel like we have to. We really, really feel like we have to. We shouldn't feel bad when we can't jump on the bandwagon. The creative space is so vast that it's changed how we talk about our art, how we feel, how we value, how we decide what matters and what counts. I hope you have fun with your summer art, whatever it is. I hope you have fun drawing or painting or making collages or carving stamps or working in your bullet journal or your planner or your illustrated journal or your digital art. Use pencils or crayons or ballpoint or paint. Do what you want. Make art that you care about. Make art that somehow you are interested in exploring. Because it calls to you. Not just because everybody else is doing it. It calls to you. It beckons. It speaks to something inside you right now. Something you need Or something you need to let free? Or something you need to grab onto? Something you need to get onto the page? That's what matters. What's inside you? What will make you glad you took that time? What will help you grow? Or help you make sense of the world? Or help you feel for a few minutes each day like things are okay? Gives you a bit of balance. Helps you breathe a little more easily. Makes you feel good that you took a bit of time outside of everything else that might be going on. And you just made something that you can look at and go, wow, I made that. I drew that. I painted that. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Just do you. Just do you. Now, back to the Substack, because I want to talk about the Substack a little bit more today. And really, what I want to say is please follow. It's that simple. Please consider giving me a follow on the Illustrated Life Substack. And that would mean entering your email to subscribe, but it's free. If you are new to the whole idea of Substack, you can think of it as a newsletter or as a blog, either way. It's kind of a cross between the two. I think of it as a blog, even though in one major way, it is a newsletter. But I think of it as a blog. But once a week, I send a post that goes to email, hence a newsletter. And that post contains some key piece of writing, something that I've written specifically that week for the Substack, and then usually a few other tidbits, including the illustrate your week prompts and mentions of old podcasts that fit whatever I'm talking about. Because there have been a lot of them in 17 years. I really like to use the Substack app to read the posts of Substacks that I'm following, like Trish's daily comic, Trish Tales. So I like to read via the Substack app, but you don't have to do it that way. There are options. So you can read just an email if you like that, you can use the app or you can read in the browser, which is also super convenient. Every substack is different, but for mine, the Illustrated Life substack is free. There are paid options to help support the effort, which also supports the podcast and the prompt series, but it's free. It's free to read. For those who buy classes and workshops and new supplies and tools or pay for other Patreons for newsletters or drawing opportunities, I hope you might consider supporting the Substack. But, again, it's optional. I always want to make my work accessible to as many as possible, and I always know that not everyone can. Not everyone can Pay a subscription fee for everything they enjoy or for everything they find inspiring or for every set of prompts they want to use. Not everyone can. And I completely understand that. You can find out more at illustratedlife.substack.com. I've had the Substack running for several months now. The feedback I've gotten has been really encouraging. I am spending a lot of time working on it. I have to say, I am spending an exhausting amount of time each week on it. But it's all good, and I feel like it is exactly where I need to be. But it takes having readers, and it takes readers who comment, readers who let me know that they've read. It takes that to sustain the energy and the time. So I really hope you will follow there. I have a very small audience so far. No big surprise. Small podcast, small Instagram, small Substack. Nothing is perfect, and all writers are vying for the same eyeballs at Substack just as they are everywhere else. And Some writers have already turned their newsletters into sustainable jobs that pay more than I make in a year, just let that sink in. It is easy to get frustrated as a creative, as a podcaster, as a writer. It's easy to get frustrated, discouraged, disappointed. But I'm trying to stay really positive. I'm trying to stay focused on what I'm doing and not get discouraged. I want to see where I can go with this. My life is changing and it continues to change. New clocks are ticking. Yes, the Christmas tree is still up everything is changing. Things are complicated. I am trying to see where I can go, what I can build. In so many ways, I think I owe it to myself to really pour myself into the substack and to keep pouring myself back into the podcast. And that's what I've been doing. To meet a very modest goal. Very modest goal. I don't think you've ever heard me talk about these kinds of numbers before, because I wouldn't want to admit how small, how small 17 years has ended up. To meet a very modest goal, I need about 80 new readers on the Substack. 80. And that would still be really small, but it would hit a number that I've sort of marked as, okay, that would make me feel like this is doable, that this makes sense. It's all relative. Some people wake up every day to that many new readers, that many subscribers, free or paid. For others, 80 would be a goal in and of itself. I totally understand that everything is relative. For me, 80 new readers feels like a bit of a stretch. But what if you went and checked it out? You can read posts without subscribing. What if you checked it out and thought, hey, I'd like to do that because I'll find out about illustrate your week or new challenges or free prompts or drawing groups or new podcasts. I'll get all of that in one convenient place once a week. Yeah, sign me up. Now, what if you did that? What if you did that for free? You would be one, one out of 80. And maybe you know someone else who would enjoy it, Who might enjoy the podcast, but maybe that person prefers to read things, isn't really a podcast listener. Can you share it? I'm tying this goal to my birthday, (laughs) which I know is a really bad idea, but I can't stop myself. I can't stop myself. I might end up really depressed in two weeks because I've now said out loud I'd need to get 80 and I'm going to know if I don't. You won't know if I do or don't, but unless I tell you, but I'm going to know but I think it's worth saying it out loud. I probably should write it, you know, 50 times a day. I will get to this many. I will get to this many. Or my words have value. Or my stories are worthwhile. Or I have something to say. Or what I'm writing has meaning. Increasingly, I feel the need to understand what's working and what I can do. So about 80 there. That's what I'm looking for. Or even 30 looking for 80, let's go with a stretch goal. And then at Instagram, we need 100. And it seems like it should not be so hard. I definitely take it personally. Sometimes the day after I make my weekend post where I share my weekly art, and a lot of times that's the only post I make, after that I wake up and find a handful of unfollows. And girl, I mean, it's hard. There's no way not to take social media personally. There's no way. So, anyway, will you give me a read? We go check it out. And if you like it, subscribe. I don't see the two spaces all that differently the podcast and the Substack, except you listen to the podcast and you read the Substack. And if I had space on my phone, I would have probably poured everything I have into videos this year because there's really a clear way for that to become sustainable. But I don't have. I don't have what I need to do it even this right now as I record is sounding like I might have a problem I am really really crossing my fingers that when I listen back it's at least something I can post so next a pitch for illustrate your week I started this in June of 2019 For my 50 before 50, I started keeping an illustrated journal of the weeks of that year and documenting the process of working through the 50 things on my list. The journal evolved into a weekly challenge after that. And along the way, a few people started to join me and have started to join me and continue to join me. And it's awesome. It's inspiring. It's a really wonderful community of people who do this. And you can start at any time. The week just matches the week of the year. There are no real rules and no real requirements other than those you set for yourself. You can use a page, two pages, a bunch of pages. You can do however much you like. It's a journal. It's an illustrated journal. Just pick up and record your week. The prompts can give you some fun things to add in if you are stuck or want to pair your regular notes with quirky this is and that's. That's typically my approach. And even though I am not a prompt person, this process has made me a prompt person. So it's interesting when I think about it that way. The Substack always contains a few extra prompts. And so that's another reason that you might want to follow there. But definitely you can pick up at any time. People every once in a while ask me if they have to register or something to do it. Of course not. Or if they can start at any point, of course, you absolutely can. And you can do it however you want. Small journal, big journal, little journal, separate pages, composition book, everything works, anything goes. You can change up what you do week to week. There are a bunch of posts on the Substack about the illustrated journal process, and I encourage you to take a look at those if you're interested in even trying this. Working on a book about illustrated journaling is definitely something that I have going. And it's really a stretch goal project, I guess. I feel like it's really the space that I need to be and really have something to say beyond the rest of my sort of philosophical bent about creativity. If you are interested in drawing with me and a few other people, we continue to meet for an hour most Sundays. It's a small group. And unlike some groups, it's not a pay-to-play group. So if you are interested, if you need a little bit of company or a little bit of encouragement, or just are curious about what it's like to sit and chat with people while you draw, feel free to reach out to me. Let me know where you heard about it. So just tell me that you listen to the podcast. And if I know you at Instagram, that's great too, all the better. And we'll just, we'll go from there. Usually people try it and we see what happens. I am exploring something new, too, which I'm excited about. The show is already longer than I expected, so I'm going to just stop. I'm going to wrap up here. Ultimately, I am wishing the podcast a happy birthday. I don't know who I would be without it. And thank you for helping make it happen, for continuing to listen. I need the show more now than ever before. I know that, and I think probably... Some of you think, well, she's been saying that for 17 years, and it, it may absolutely be true. And there's been noise out my window like this for 17 years, too. It may be true. It may be true. There is a whole lot of continuity. I pulled up the first year anniversary show just to look at what was on it and to check the title. And I had to laugh to see the small illustration included there. The website is its a mess after all these years. I just, don't, I just don't have the bandwidth to do all the fixing that I need to. But there's a tiny image there, a drawing of me in a boat. It's totally illustration style. And looking at the notes for the show, I'm tempted to go back and listen. As much as I know I've changed, I am so often reminded that I am very much the same. I am the art. The art is me. And so that's it for today. It did run long. It's going to take me a while to edit it. I really hope the sound is there because I don't know what's wrong. I wish I, you know, could win a lottery for sure. So I am Amy and this is the Creativity Matters podcast. And I really appreciate you listening. You can find the show notes on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. You can find most of me now on the dot illustratedlife.substack.com site. You can reach me at podcast at gmail.com. I am O Amy O at Instagram. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Hydless. Thank you to those of you who have supported the show in any way throughout these many years. There are obviously several ways to do that, and the Substack or Ko-fi are the two current ways to do that, and I very much appreciate those of you who have done so. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you, and don't forget to breathe. Have a good week, everyone.